This is the Ned Group Investments Podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up-to-date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. Our next speaker today is Richard Wiseman. He is the Senior Client Portfolio Manager for the Goldman Sachs Global Millennials Equity Fund. This is one of the funds that we will be investing into on our newly to be launched fund in February next year, which is a mix of some outstanding global equity managers. And this fund focuses on the millennial generation and really those businesses or stocks that they feel are going to benefit from the millennial generation going forward into time. So Richard, thank you so much for dialing in today. We look forward to hearing what you've got to say. I hand over to you, Richard. Thank you, Trevor, and good morning to everybody on the call. With the next few slides, I want to explain why the millennial generation, which is a global population of 2.3 billion individuals, are critical to the future of the global economy and as consumers represent a disruptive force, the likes of which we believe we have never seen before. And, and that disruption means that millennials will be the drivers of equity returns over the next decade and, and indeed beyond. Just to begin with, who are millennials? Everyone on this call knows who millennials are, and I suspect a very large number of people are millennials themselves. But with this slide, I want to make one very important point, because the idea of investing around the millennial generation is to do with two things. It's to do with their wealth and the fact that they will spend that wealth differently to previous generations. So on this slide, you can see that this year, the oldest millennials moved into their 40s. I'm afraid to say it, but some millennials are no longer young people. And this is really important because many, many millennials have been in the workforce for 10, if not 15 years. So they are now at a point where they are earning collectively a very substantial amount of income. We are not talking about just young people fresh from college with uncertain job prospects and unable to afford the things that they want. We're talking about a generation who by 2025 will represent 75% of the global workforce. And that means that they have become the most powerful consumer force on this planet. If we move to the next slide, you can see two charts. The chart on the left just shows you how big this generation is. 2.3 billion individuals, most of whom are in developing countries. 90% of millennials are in emerging nations. And that's really important and I'll come back to that. But even more important is the chart on the right. On the right, we show the aggregate income of three generations. 
We think about aggregate income because, as we all know, it's what you have left at the end of the month when you get your pay packet that determines what you spend. So we don't include things like savings, pensions, property ownership or inheritance. Those are important for some people in some places, but they don't determine consumer trends, consumer spending trends. We think about aggregate income. And you can see on the chart on the right that the millennial generation, which is the line going from bottom left to top right, has become the most important generation as measured by aggregate income over the last few years. And for the next five years, and you can take this out 10, even 15 or 20, millennials as consumers will dominate the consumer landscape and they will eclipse the spending power of previous generations. The other two lines on this chart are Generation X, the generation before, that's still going up, but not as much. And then the baby boomers. This is my generation, in fact. And in my generation, if we're lucky, we're retiring. If we're unlucky, we're dying. And our net income is going down. And it will eventually disappear. Gen Z will appear on this chart eventually when they enter the workforce and start earning money themselves. So Gen Z, over the next 10 or 20 years, will become very important for this thematic as well, but not yet. So millennials have become the most powerful consumers on the planet. They are the wealthiest generation now on this measure. But the really important point is that we believe they will spend that money differently to previous generations. And there are two reasons for that. First is technology. This is the first generation of digital natives. Millennials use technology to solve life's problems in a way previous generations could not. They expect innovation to help them. They embrace and adopt and catalyze innovation. They gave rise to the sharing economy. All the things that we do, car sharing, hotel sharing, anything like that, millennials generated that, the growth of that business. So technology is, is key. But there's one other reason why millennials spend differently, and that's to do with different lifestyle priorities. They care about different things, in particular, the environment, climate change, their health. And that, too, drives the revenues of companies that are exposed to the values of millennials and can accommodate what millennials want. So this thematic is about identifying companies that benefit from that rising line of millennial income, both in terms of technology and in terms of lifestyle. If we just move on a slide, you'll see a map of the world with a few, a few numbers highlighted. I just want to make the point here how important emerging markets are to this investment opportunity. In China and India, there are over 400 million millennials each, way more than any other markets and more than many countries, including the US, put together. So this is really important for the investment opportunity and it will become more important over time 
because, as I'm sure you know, there will be a shift in economic and financial power from the West to the East, in particular Asia. Why is that? Because of the growth of the middle class, which will represent the millennial generation. So we think a lot about emerging markets and the opportunities there are actually very different in some cases to developed markets because millennials in emerging markets have different priorities, particularly relative to previous generations. They have more technology access, they have better education, they have better financial prospects, and that means there are different spending patterns and more disruption as well. Just to move quickly on, the next page just highlights why technology has been so important. Millennials live much of their lives online through the smartphone. This year, of course, we have all had to do it. We're doing it now on this call. And we've seen a huge increase in subscriber growth, a huge increase in data traffic, a huge increase in opportunity for many companies that have online business models. In a year where we've seen more economic and social disruption than we have for many, many, many decades, some companies have benefited massively and driven really amazing returns for investors in these areas. On this slide, we show you some of that data. But we have always believed that other generations will adopt millennial habits because they are simply better. They're cheaper, they're more efficient. And that is what has happened this year. Some of this will stop when we have the vaccine and we can return to previous ways, but much of it will not. Much of what has happened this year is transformational and still offers huge opportunity for investors. On the next slide, I just make the point about millennials' different priorities in life, caring about different things, in particular, the environment. And now that millennials have money, now they don't have to buy just the cheap things, they are putting their money where their mouth is. In the chart on the right, you can see that the millennial generation, more than any other generation, is prepared to spend more money on goods and services that match their values. Goods that are sustainably sourced, goods that are good for the environment. And this is very, very disruptive as well in the consumer space. And so this investment opportunity gives us a very broad range of types of companies and, and industries we can invest in. We show that on the next page. We think about the opportunity in two parts, technology and lifestyle. And on this page, we show you some of the subcomponents of those two themes. And this is really important because this means that this theme is not dependent on any one part of the market always doing well. If we come to a time when technology is too expensive or we can't see any more opportunity in terms of value, then we can overweight the lifestyle part of the, the portfolio. We can allocate to where we see the best opportunity at the best price. So it creates a very resilient and broad opportunity set. And then finally, on the, the last page, I just want to make the point that, yes, we do believe that millennials will drive equity returns over the next decade, but actually we think their influence will last a lot longer than that. We think millennials will be disruptive at every stage in their life cycle. This, is, this page shows their life cycle. It's the same as any other generation, although it will be longer. The millennial generation and younger people will live longer than previous generations. Their needs will be the same. 
they will get they will have children and families, they may get married, they'll own a property, they'll get older, they'll have health care issues. But we believe that because they will look to innovation and technology to solve those life problems as they get older, we believe they will be disruptive at every stage in their life cycle. And we believe this investment thematic offers very, very long-term opportunity to invest in companies with superior return potential. Great, Richard. I'm not letting you off without a question, but please just a very short answer. In terms of your portfolio, and if we look at 2020, how have the stocks that you guys have invested into within the portfolio, how have they fared or held up relative to the rest of the market during the COVID crisis? Right. So many of the businesses we own in this portfolio are companies with online business models, and they have done very well. The fund is up 50% this year, but we've actually outperformed even when value in recent weeks has driven the market higher because we have this diversity within the fund that gives us exposure to different parts of the market. So the fund has done very well. The companies we're invested in are part of that transformation in our lives towards online living. Great. Okay. Well, that's good news for all your investors. Richard, thank you very, very much for making the time in your busy day there, I know. And great that we got you on the line and appreciate your slides and your inputs there. So enjoy the rest of your day. Pleasure. Thank you. And goodbye, everybody. Negroup Collective Investments is an authorised collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. Negroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit negroupinvestments.co.za.